Hi everyone, I'm Stephanie, a mom to a Mito fighter. On our podcast, Energy in Action, we talk all things Mito, and I'm glad you're here to learn and to be part of our community. Welcome to this week's episode of Energy in Action. I'm your host, Stephanie, and I am super excited to be hosting the podcast this week. Today, we are being joined by none other than Alex, or Alex from Texas. Alex is in her second year of college at Texas Tech, Go Red Raiders, where she is studying human development and family sciences and also has a music minor. What makes Alex so unique is that she is also an FAOD patient. She has LCHAD, or Long Chain Fatty Acid Oxidation Disorder. Alex is truly the expert on this, and I'm going to let her tell you all about it and how she manages things. Alex has been an incredible inspiration to me and many others in the rare disease community. Hi, Alex. Welcome to the Energy in Action podcast. I'm super excited to have you here today. Thank you for having me. So I would like you to go ahead and introduce yourself to all of our listeners. Just give them the 30-second elevator pitch on who Alex is and what LCHAT is. Yeah, so I'm Alex. I'm 20 years old, and I'm a sophomore at Texas Tech University. I have LCHAD, and LCHAD basically is a rare genetic metabolic disorder where I cannot use fat for energy. So that is kind of the simplest little version about me. So when you say you can't use fat for energy, are you allowed to eat fats or does your body just not know what to do with them? That's a great question. Uh, Science doesn't really know what we do with the fats we do eat and when we can't use them. But I eat a very low-fat diet. We do need fat to live, so my particular condition cannot break down long-chain fats, so anything in carbon chain, 10 or above. And so from there, I have supplements that I take that are a fat that I can use, as well as a little bit of essential fats in my diet here and there. So how many fats a day do you get to consume? My personal philosophy is a third of my calories can come from fat, but that usually ends up being about 20 to 22 grams of fat per day in in the foods I eat. 20 to 22 fat grams a day? I know people who have more than that in a meal. Yes. Oh my gosh, Alex. Wow. So how do you, like, so do you, do you have an app? Like, how do you know what, like how many fats are in in each food? Like, how do you manage a day of eating? So I have lived and known about my condition my whole life. So I've had 20 years of experience of reading nutrition labels and eating the, the diet that I do eat. And so I'm able to go to a restaurant or a place and be able to order food that is pretty much in my limitations. I will usually make a lot of carb-heavy foods, and I run off of carbs and protein versus fat. So that is where a lot of my calories are coming from. And I just kind of know, you know, I'm going to get ham or turkey on my sandwich rather than bacon or something else. I don't even know all the fatty foods alternatives because I don't eat them. But I have, you know, just my alternatives like powdered peanut butter versus regular peanut butter or my type of popcorn versus regular buttered popcorn. So it's just different alternatives, but I can still eat a lot of fun things and not be too restricted. I think things taste good that I eat, but you know. Well, like you said, this is all you know. You've done this your whole life. How do you manage that living in the dorms at Texas Tech? Do you eat in the cafeteria or do you prepare all your food? I kind of do a mixture of preparing my food and going out and getting food. I'm in a dorm where they have a dining hall, and so I'm able to go and figure out which foods and places I can eat 
I think a lot of the problem with college food is how it's prepared. And so I can order a sandwich, but they might have slathered it with butter. And so I can't have all that butter and I'll end up feeling really bad because I ate all that. And so I've just kind of figured out the words to say, hey, leave this off. And they sort of look at me weird sometimes when they're like, that's all you want on this, you know, but it's like, yes, that's what I want. (laughs) I'll pay for it either way. So (laughs) there is a dietitian on campus who has like a nutrition log of everything. So if I'm questioning a particular food item, I can go look at the nutrition facts and be able to make choices there. But overall, I eat pretty healthy at college. And maybe that's because I'm just restricted, but maybe the carbs aren't as healthy. But I like my pasta. I'm not really willing to give that up. I like my pasta too. Unfortunately, I like my pasta with a lot of butter on it though. So that could be a problem for you. Yes. Well, you said something that I hadn't ever heard you say before. And that was if you eat a lot of fats, you don't feel very good. So your body just immediately kind of rejects the fats and you feel like, how do you feel? Growing up, I learned a lot by eating things that were too high in fat maybe accidentally, or maybe I was trying to cheat on my diet and I ended up feeling poorly. And from there I learned, I'm not going to be eating this anymore. And some things right now I'm able to calculate in a way that can justify the amount of grams of fat at once, but I have to restrict myself there because if I just have all 20 grams of fat in one meal for my body, I don't, I can't handle that. And so My stomach will have issues. It'll just cause GI upset. Sometimes I'll just feel bad overall. It'll just drain my energy because I was eating something that's not giving me any energy back. That's a good way to look at it. Yeah, your body's just, it's like dead weight inside. Just what do you want me to do with this? How has college life been for you? Minus any football upsets. Go Raiders, Red Raiders, right? Yes, the Red Raiders, we just beat our rivals. So we're definitely uh, feeling good over here in Raiderland. Um, (laughs) College was obviously a challenge to try and figure out how to leave my home. I moved five and a half hours away from home and I'm still in Texas, but you know, Texas is big. And so I was trying to figure out from afar, how am I going to make my living situation in another city work with all my complexities with El Chad, while also wanting to go somewhere that would facilitate helping me achieve my dreams. And so I am a fourth generation Texas Tech Red Raider, and so that was important to me, as well as the different departments here have been super helpful with navigating different challenges and had the program I wanted in terms of academics. So that all of the above kind of led me to Texas Tech and starting college, I had a lot of great plans and from the get go, it just didn't work. My body just was in what we call rhabdomyolysis before I even got to college. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. So all the stress and movement of coming to college just kind of sunk it. And within a couple of days into class, I had to go to the hospital and was there for three weeks. So I didn't get the best start. And so after I got out of the hospital, it was just kind of like a reset. What is my plan going forward? And even though I can do all my life skills. I worked really hard in occupational therapy and physical therapy for a couple years to get to this independence level. And even though I can wash my laundry, prepare all my meds every week, if someone can come in and help me, that's so many hours of energy that I can save 
for a future, you know, something fun at college or just getting to bed at a better time and things like that. And so my philosophy ended up being independence doesn't mean not asking for help. And so having someone come in to help once a week has been able to relieve me of some of those responsibilities and free up some of my energy. And while I still had a lot of problems my first year, I ended up being in the hospital for eight weeks in total with four hospitalizations. And I still maintained all my academic goals and um, did college from the hospital a lot, but it was a lot of medical boot camp, training a whole new team of <laughs> physicians who had never heard of LCHAD before. And what's great though is the medical team here, they really have facilitated me being able to be at college because they listened to me. And it was very hard for me to say, Originally, you're going to need to listen to a teenager tell you what to do. And they said, yes, basically. <laughs> they said yes. And so I was like really concerned that I wouldn't be listened to. And I just have 20 years of this disease. And so I'm so grateful that they have listened to me. And from there, we're able to facilitate any medical things that I might need. And I think that has set up my second year now to we just did our one month in check-in because we didn't need to have anything before the start to one month. And that was kind of like a big win because we made it a whole month into college without too many drastic issues. Yeah, that's great to hear. So I guess I didn't know when you said you got sick at college. So you entered a completely different medical care system in Lubbock, Texas, you didn't go home to your hometown team. You stayed there and kind of struggled through a whole new team at, at school. Yes, I created an entirely new medical care team. Wow, Alex. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Oh, we just suffered through a brand new doctor today with Ted. Just one doctor, one appointment, and I'm spent. I can't imagine trying to do a whole new team in a whole new city. That is, in while not feeling well, wow. Kudos to you. I did establish before moving my medical care plan. Okay. And once we got here, it didn't work exactly correctly. So once I had my first hospitalization within a week of college, we made a plan that was a little more adaptive to them now seeing my issues and things like that. So I had a personal first, like basically the Alex person designated to take care of me and the great thing is, even though it is a new team, I have my nurse and doctor on this campus that I can see at any time I need. And then they have their friend team in the hospital and they talk to each other. Wow. And so they're able to understand who I am and that I do know what I'm talking about and that when I say, hey, I need medical attention, we do need to get on that. But if I say, hey, I want to wait this out a couple more days, see how it shakes out, they're okay with also giving me that time to figure out what my body needs. Wow. I love that they gave you that autonomy to kind of be self-regulating instead of just everybody going, nope, safety, safety first. We're going to put you in and then decide. So I like that. That's really cool. What are you studying at Texas Tech? I'm studying human development and family sciences with a general music minor. Wow. So what is human development? Is that like 
to be a teacher or are you moving into the more of the medical sciences? So I will have specializations in infant childhood and adolescent development courses. And so I'll be a certified child life specialist one day. And so I'm using all of this family science and, and development information to prepare me for that. Oh my gosh, Alex, you will be perfect at that. You will be so empathetic to all of your little patients. That'll be so awesome. Wow. And in Texas Tech, the school you wanted to go to had that program. Yes. That's amazing. Wow. And I didn't know before today that you're a fourth generation there. So your what is that? Your grandparents or your great grandparents? Yes, my great grandparents. What's something that you are really looking forward to this school year? Yeah, I'm definitely looking forward to the involvement. I've joined a lot of different orgs, whereas at the beginning of last year, I was dealing with so many things that I didn't have time for orgs and getting involved with professional groups. And so I'm looking forward to that and just kind of being a student. And even if I do end up in the hospital, this experience already this year has been so much more and it's kind of the student life and independence that I was really dreaming of and looking forward to and you know it allows my parents to kind of become the empty nesters they always wanted to be and so I'm very glad that they can figure out that and I can be over here five and a half hours away and they call and I'm like, you know, today was a wild day, but let me tell you about my wild college life. But it's all good, real things. It's not El Chad is terrible. You know, El Chad is not the funnest, but I get to be here and have these college experiences. And some days you just have the case of the Mondays and things just break everywhere in the dorm. But it's part of life and I'm just enjoying when things break, because that is like a normal thing to have happen. I'm just like all about normal people problems, you know? Yeah, you're right. So L chat is just part of your day. It's not your whole existence. That's a great way to put it. How are your folks? How are they handling you being so far away? Was that a really tough decision? Was it a family decision? Or did they just say, Alex, go where you want to go and we'll support that? So my sister she went very far away for college. And when I wanted to stay in state, I thought that was a great idea. And I was going to the college that my parents met at. And so I was thinking, this is just this great idea. I'm going to Texas Tech. It's going to be awesome. And you know, it is scary to leave the bubble that I grew 20 years in where I have all my medical care plan set and my team is there. And while I am transitioning to a full adult team in Dallas, they're still all in Dallas. And so my family was concerned about me moving so far away. And I think my parents had to eventually let go. And I think as medical parents, that's hard. Mm -hmm. But they get to see me now and know that we made the 100% right decision because Every day I see something or hear something that I just know I'm where I need to be. And they see that as well. And, you know, maybe in the moment we weren't sure. We tried everything as possible before going to college to make sure the care 
plan was in place. I had some family out in my college town that in case something went wrong, they could potentially help me with. And all these plans where it was the best it was going to be with us not being in that city to plan. And there was ultimately some letting go. And I, I was the adult in the situation to be, you know, I was 18, but I was going to go try and, you know, you never know if you can achieve your dreams unless you try. Right. So that's kind of, yeah, a lot of letting go, but I think a lot of uh, rewards so far in terms of, I'm just here being a college student. I'm just loving being a college student. You look so happy. I know our I know our listeners can't see this, but trust me when I say this, Alex looks so happy and I'm so happy for you because I've known you enough years to know how you guys prepared so diligently for you to launch into college life. And even just being a person who followed you on social media and in different ways in the rare disease world, even my heart was like, oh God, here she goes. She's leaving the nest. I can't imagine your parents because you said medical parents, it's a, it's a whole different set of worries that we have when, when our little chickadee wants to try and do something different. And not only is it because it's just scary, but we we tend to double and triple step everything that could go wrong. Where is it going to go wrong? How are we going to fix it? And then how much is it going to disrupt our life if we have to stop this and go fix that when everything over here is already running smooth? It's that whole, should we upset the apple cart or not to, to achieve our dreams? And yes, yes, we should. So I'm super glad that you were able to do that. What's something that you wish or that you would advise other families that are kind of on this teeter-totter of do we do it or don't we? Like, what would be your one piece of advice on, you know, making the choice to just literally jump? As the young adult with the rare disease, I was so determined, you know, and I was determined and ended up in the hospital still. But if the person with the rare disease is willing to just try and wants to take on that responsibility to be able to go after their dreams and what they want to do in life, then they should. It's responsibility. It's a lot of hard work to manage a rare disease at college. But uh, if you have that drive to do it, you can totally do it. And I know that's hard for parents, though. And, you know, my mom, she came to all of my hospitalizations I've had here at Texas Tech. She may not be there the first day. But she's going to get there eventually. And for her mama heart, she's eventually going to get to her baby. But she knows there's going to be some people here that for the first day or two, they're going to take care of me because we have this plan. Yeah, I got to talk to your mom because I really look at how you guys have managed all of these things and just aspire to be more like your mom so that my son can be more like you and just have that sense of we're going to try this. And even if I end up in the hospital, we're going to keep trying it. I love that about you guys. You just, that that did not, it may have slowed you down, but it didn't set you back. That is for sure. So what did you do this summer to prepare for this school year? Did you do anything different? Did you try to keep things pretty low key? So you'd kind of, I don't know if you can reserve your energies, but what did you do over the summer to help? To be honest, we were really holding our breath at the end of the summer because my summer was not restful whatsoever. Oh, no. Um, but it was full of a lot of amazing things, including my sister's wedding. And so 
from there, we were a little concerned with the amount of activity and things we were doing and traveling, but we're still going and we made it into the school year from summer. I think a lot of things along the way, I actually tried to incorporate an additional snack in the afternoon to limit my fasting time during the day. That didn't happen all the time, but I do think that was a contributing factor to helping some of my regulation of my body and staying stable. I think it's all a balance. And we tried to balance as much as possible when there was an extreme on the other side of that teeter-totter, but we tried to push it with as many other stops as we could on the other side. You guys in Texas, you go big or go home, don't you? (laughs) (laughs) Your family just is amazing. You guys are, you should definitely put together a book or or a blog series or something on how to do a rare disease and, and win because it hasn't been easy, Alex, but you guys are definitely made some great choices and decisions and had some super positive outcomes. I mean, look at you at school, just doing what you wanted to do and study what you wanted to study. And that makes me think of the other thing. So you said you have a music minor. So what are you playing? At, what, what What is that in college for you? Because I know you played in the band in high school. Yes. Yeah, so I have continued playing music at the collegiate level. I don't know if I would have guessed I would do that. But I have a lot of different reasons. Um, I play the French horn and piano still. Along with classes about music, I'm also participating in ensembles and lessons and continuing my playing. And from there, I'm able to actually improve some of my fine motor skills through that. And that's kind of part of my slow but steady approach in terms of my physical rehabilitation. My fine motor skills get improvements from my music playing. Wow. I I never thought about that. Yeah, that is a great occupational therapy type program for you that you've just kind of built into your own your own world and you get so much enjoyment out of it. I'm so so glad that you're still able to play the French horn. So let's do a fun game that I call rapid fire. I'm just going to ask you some fun questions and just feel free to Share what you want to share or pass if you don't want to answer the question. But so what's been your best net Netflix binge lately? What have you been watching? Right now, I'm randomly binging the show Catfish. Yes, that's very interesting, isn't it? It is. What uh, what would I find on your nightstand if I were to come over to your room and take a picture of your nightstand or your table by your bed? What's on your, your nighttime table? I have a lot of gummy snacks. Gummy snacks? Like Swedish yeah. fish or little bears? Oh, yeah. Got gummy bears. Have some other little gummy various items uh, as well as my whole medication. Okay. So back to your gummy snacks. Do you like the sweet kind or the sour kind or all the kinds? Uh, I would say... You gotta have both. I know, but some of those sour ones, they kind of make your mouth hurt after a while, don't they? Okay, maybe not that sour, but... (laughs) (laughs) I'm just thinking of, like, Sour Patch Kids. They can just be, whew, they're puckery. Oh, no, those are good. You like those? Oh, my latest uh, infatuation is these little Starburst Minis. They're little tiny Starbursts that aren't wrapped, so you can just, they're like jelly beans, only Starburst, so you can just pop a handful in. They're so good. That's a thats a bad addiction, but I do I do keep those on my desk. That's good. So, that's my thing. Do you drink soda? Yes. Are you a Coke or Pepsi person? I don't do caffeine. Oh, okay. So, you do 7-Up, Sprite, Zero Mist? Yes, Fanta and Sprites are my favorite. Ah, Fanta. Okay. 
My other question is always on cookies. I don't know. Are you allowed to have cookies like chocolate chip or sugar? Sugar cookies. I can have those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Do you like them with or without frosting? With. With for sure. Right. <laughs> what's your What's your favorite holiday? Christmas. Christmas. And why is that? I have a lot of uh, religious beliefs, so that's pretty significant for me. I feel like all of the the great celebrating that happens around the Christmas holiday. I love that. Yes. So if your mom was to make your favorite meal that you would just be like, I'll be home in two hours, mom, keep it cooking. What would that be? A spaghetti with marinara sauce and grilled chicken. Ooh, all right. Very good. Very simple. I like that. Okay, one, one last question. If I could take just a snapshot of you just having the best day ever, what would that picture look like? Probably spending time with friends, being outside when it's really nice weather, and having some sort of like cool treat with me. All in one. All in one. That sounds fabulous to me, actually. I like that answer. Well, Alex, thank you so much for being on our show today. I am so glad we were able to finally connect and get you on here. I miss talking to you on a regular basis, so... Please don't ignore me if I pop up on your messenger again and just check in on you because I do miss you and I still hear, hey, this is Alex from Texas in my head all the time. So thank you. (laughs) Yes, I would never ignore you if you messaged me. Good. Thank you. All right. Well, you get back to studying and we'll talk soon. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of Energy in Action. Remember to give us a five-star rating on your listening app. This helps to boost us up the charts and makes it easier for others to find us. You can find all of the links and details that we share today in the show notes or at mitoaction.org. Have a great day, and we look forward to having you join us next time.